0: Seriously, if you want to relieve stress, go to the Word of God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's just so weird, isn't it? Do people say stuff
1: like
2: that? I apologize for it. Are you kidding me? Let's all do baptism. And I have a little pool here, and we'll all feel nice and relaxed. That's baptism. No. Baptism is a sacred Christian rite. All the various yogas are sacred Hindu right.
0: Wake up, America. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we're off. It's the Wretched Radio mail-call uh, delivery bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and misses.
1: Any special message for all the kids watching at home?
0: What we need right now is a
2: clear message to the people of this country.
0: You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now, here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is
2: here! Oh, this is Wretched Radio. Good thing it's mailbag day because I've got nothing. I dove into my new subscription of Christianity Today, confident I'd find some things to discuss on a Christian talk show program. Jimmy, do you know what I came up with so far? What's that? Nothing. 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 I'm waiting for the evangelical part of Christianity Today, which is who started this magazine. It continues. It's beautifully put together. But it all just has a little bit of a left kind of smell to it, so let's get to the mailbag. shall we idea at wretched dot org
1: all right We start with a comment from Shannon. Who says, Todd, just two days ago, I got my 2023 health benefit packet from Costco. I my- bet it
2: was big. <laughs> <laughs> she only got one? Yep. That's the first time you've ever bought one thing at Costco, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> uh, but it was about the changes being made to their health care benefits next year, and she dreaded opening the mail, expecting to right. see a new benefit for <laughs> paying to send women to other states <laughs> to murder yeah. their babies, but instead, pleasantly surprised what she found was a new adoption assistance program. Nice. Yeah, reimbursing employees up to $5,000
2: oh, for adoption. Okay, fine. We'll keep going to Costco. But I would like to take issue with their roasted chickens. They are amazing. They're still $4.99. You can feed a family of four easily on that big bird and maybe have a chicken sandwich for the next day. But that thing, it is unnatural. I know everything at Costco is big, but how do you get a chicken big? Well, you can feed it a lot, let it live for a super long time, or you can just jack it up with steroids, and I have a funny feeling. "Mm, We're consuming a lot of those. Jimmy, did I ever tell you I read that the size of a chicken breast today versus, say, 30 years ago, 380% larger? Really? Yeah. Wow. They're just much bigger, and interestingly, they're less Tasty, apparently, when they were more natural. Love the Costco. Not nuts about the steroids. Idea at wretched.org. So Michael is wondering
1: if he just bought one Powerball ticket. Would there be anything wrong with that? He's not
2: going to. He's just curious. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Because somebody's got to win. Did you hear the latest winner, Jimmy? Yeah. Yeah. How much? Over two billion dollars. You know, what, do you know what you know what that means? What's that? That he won't go bankrupt for at least four years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the people who win less, they tend to go bankrupt. That is a fascinating sociological study, isn't it? Oftentimes professional athletes, lottery winners, they don't know how to handle it. And down it goes. Money, it ain't easy if you got a lot of it. So I've heard. Would it be a sin to get just one Powerball ticket? Well, let's see if we can come up with our principle and then do our math. Is Powerball an an issue or a realm that is neutral? And I don't think it is. Why? Number one, it's a get-rich-quick scheme. Number two, It promotes covetousness. Number three, it preys on the poor. Four, we have seen that people who spend their lives hoping that they're just going to get a scratcher, uh, they end up doing poorer and poorer. It hurts our society. So with that in mind, how many Powerball tickets would you need to buy to be participating in a sinful system? One, I know. It can be tempting, but that that does nothing but serve my point. (laughs) It tempts us. It just isn't something that the Christian should participate in. But you could participate in Wretched Radio by sending anything to idea at wretched.org. Dear Mr. Beardless Friel. This is from
1: Wow. Jacob. He noticed you were beardless now. Mm -hmm. Does that bother you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wanted. He wanted to know if you really just called Liam Neeson Scandinavian.
2: Well, what is Nissan? S O N. That's a car. I'm from. That's Nissan. Oh, sorry. I'm from Minnesota. I know these things. If you are not born with a last name that ends with S O N or S E N, you're second class citizen. They they really they just want you to move to Wisconsin. Everybody there is Scandinavian. So Liam Neeson, he's got to be... Well, what is that? Now, he might have been born in a different country. Is he Irish or Scottish or something uh, like that? Yeah, he was born in Ireland. Born in Ireland. Mm-hmm. But the S.O.N., his heritage has to be Scandinavian, isn't it? Now, yeah. you can claim him if you're Irish. If he's all yours. think maybe he should think about a slightly different genre than action films now that he's 70. But he's an Irish Scandahuvian, is what he is. Hold on, Jimmy. Yes. Hold on. I got. I'm telling you. I need a file for all of the trans stuff. It is constant out there. This is a (laughs) trans. This is in Scotland. An individual, Sophie Eastwood, formerly Daniel. He was jailed for life in 2004 for strangling a cellmate with shoelaces. Well, you got to do it somehow. So I guess shoelaces work. He's in prison for a long, long time, and he Daniel is now presenting himself as Sophie. Now, he's demanding nappies, diapers to wear, and food to be blended like a baby's. What? Because he identifies now as an infant. Uh. And guess what? According to this article from the Daily Record, they're taking it seriously because <laughs> they don't want somebody to be released from prison because they identify as something as ridiculous as the opposite gender or a human of a different age <laughs> so they have to take it seriously they've already given him i don't even know what this is they've given him a dummy d u m m y i wonder if that's like the um what what's that you know the thing that the kid oh, oh, pacifier. pacifier yeah 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 maybe called a dummy over there <laughs> I'll tell you who the dummies are. <laughs> Just saying. Idea at wretched.org.
1: All right. This is from Ethan who says, Todd, how do I honor my parents when they will not respect my wishes with my children repeatedly?
2: Yeah, that's, that is a dynamic that needs to be addressed. Let's start out with covenantal institutions. When you're a child living in parents' home, you're in that little covenant union husband and wife covenanted together, you are the procreative um, result of their behavior. And you're a blessing and you're a part of that covenantal unit. But when you leave father and mother and cleave to somebody else, that is a new covenantal unit. And you are responsible for protecting, providing, defending that covenantal unit. And it doesn't matter who is assaulting your family. You need to protect it. So might I suggest if you have parents like that, you need to have a really good example or two or three and lovingly just keep it light up front. Hey, mom and dad, you know how you keep doing that thing? Or, hey, mom and dad, when you do that, you know, that's just not the way our family rolls. So would you be kind enough to abstain from that? And if they do, then you carry on. If they don't, then you could just dial it up a little bit, Mom and Dad. You know what? Remember when I asked you if you would mind not doing that? Well, I'd like to ask you to actually not do that because fill in the Bible verse, whatever your family rules have to happen to be, they're your rules. And so those rules need to be honored if they're not sinful by everybody, including your parents. Now, let's say they don't respond to that. Mom and Dad, do you remember when I suggested you don't, then I asked you not to, you keep doing it. You did it this time, this time, and that time. And now I have to tell you, it has to stop. Now, you want to do this respectfully and lovingly to be certain But you have the authority to do that because you are no longer in their covenantal union. Now, you're still in a family, but the primary union is your husband and wife relationship. And the children, the procreative result of that union, are all in this little family unit. And you've got to protect it, even from parents. So you can at some point say, I really need to ask you to not do this. Now, let's say they don't do it again, They don't honor you by obeying what you are saying is a family rule. Mom and Dad, I am so sorry that it has come to this. But I encouraged you. I asked you. I told you. I insisted with you. Now I need to warn you. If you don't stop doing that, I can't allow you to have access to my family. That is the last thing I want. I want my kids to have a grandma and grandpa. I want you in our lives. But... If you persist in this, I, I just don't, you're leaving me no alternative. I have to do what I believe is best for my family. This isn't out of animosity. It is because I'm not honoring you. It is because I am responsible for this little unit. And you're violating our code. I have to enforce it now. Can I have your word? You're not going to do that again. And if they don't do it, you can threaten. Because if you continue, I we we got to part company until you can get that under control. And if they do it again, you're going to have to deliver on your promise. Just, you can still honor them, even as you do that honorably. This is Wretched Radio cannot afford them in a local bible teaching church can you imagine the impact how much do you love your macarthur study bible for 25 dollars, you could put a bible into the hands of a believer in the philippines i'll do the math it's not tricky four bibles a hundred dollars maybe you could commit to giving a bible a month to a believer in the philippines please visit wretched.org bible wretched.org bible to join the masters academy international
1: 2022 has brought incredible growth to Wrench It and Gospel Partners Media. We've seen the launch of Transformed, our new biblical counseling show. We've also launched Breaking Bread, a new interview resource featuring Todd speaking with people like Bill Johnson, Daryl Harrison, Tim Challies, Justin Peters, Steve Lawson, and more in-depth on a variety of topics facing the church today. And while we're ecstatic over these projects and others, nothing means more to us than you. Thanks so much for your ministry. Thank you. Praise God for you guys. Hey, thank you for that. Wrench is incredible encourage us to share faith and, and get out there
0: and actually do something. That's
1: why we do what we do and we have no plans of slowing down in 2023 and we invite you to join us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints and strengthen the local church. Please remember Wretched as 2022 draws to a close and we begin a new year and new opportunity to share the amazing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word Wretched to the number four four three two. 1
2: 2 dates
0: in Christian history. 863 AD. Cyril and Methodius, Greek brothers, evangelize the Serbs. Cyril develops the Cyrillic alphabet, which remains the basis for the Slavonic used in the liturgy of the Russian church. Even the alphabet can be a reminder of God's work in the world. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: I got your mail here. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, I received an email from a dear friend of mine. He was the fellow who was our pastor when we first got saved. Loved this man, and he was He was actually listening to this here Wretched Radio program when we were talking about hymns that contain wrath. Oh, yes, Should we be singing those? Well, it inspired him to go to his hymnal that was printed in 1845, and he said he found 13 hymns dedicated to wrath. (laughs) Here's one of them right here. The Final Judgment Anticipated. I don't know how he's going to make that rhyme. This was written in the early 1700s. And will the judge descend? And must the dead arise? And not a single soul escape his all-discerning eyes? There's a cliffhanger. How will my heart endure the terrors of that day when earth and heaven before his face astonished shrink away? But ere the trumpet shakes, the mansions of the dead hark from the gospels, cheering sound what joyful tidings spread, ye sinners... Seek his grace, whose wrath you cannot bear. Fly to the shelter of his cross and find salvation." There it's evangelistic. "...so shall the curse remove by which the Savior bled, and the last awful day shall pour his blessings on your head." Ain't nothing wrong with singing about wrath. My dear friend also observed that the hymns were broken up into sections. And this is a reminder, you you, you, you have some liberty in your church, but you want to follow the regulative principle. What are the elements that God wants in our service? And our ancestors understanding that and understanding that the ark of a service should also speak a message. It should speak law and it should speak gospel, even as you do the elements of liturgy and everybody does liturgy, whether you call it that or not, your order of service is your liturgy. They recognized that they would try to tell a story, a grand narrative, or be thematic so that the invocation, it would be a Bible verse that had to do with the subject. Let's say it's the church. And then the opening prayer could be about the church and how Jesus died for his church. The hymns then could be about the church. The Bible reading would be about the church, the sermon. What would that be about? The church. It was themed. So they had different sections in the Bible. It would be things like church, marriage. It would be baptisms. It would be wrath. It would be praise. It would be all of those categories because they understood the need to make sure that our services are actually coherent. That they're not this guy does this, that guy does that, a third person does another thing. Okay, nobody's sinning, but it's just better. If it's harmonized and our ancestors seem to understand that, please send your whatever to idea at wretched.org. All
1: right. This one comes from Kia, who says, Todd, I was wondering if you have uh, any opinions or maybe. Yes, (laughs) you have a lot of those uh, or biblical support uh, that that marriages on Earth will or will not
2: continue into heaven. Yeah, I, I I so get this question. And, and you've, you've perhaps thought, I won't be married anymore. I'm sorry. That's the dynamic of your marriage. But for those who love their spouses, wait a second. You're telling me I'm not going to be married anymore? How can that? So God's going to put an end to my marriage? I think what Jesus told us when he said there will be no marrying and giving of, giving of marriage in heaven is that it is a picture of a greater reality. Our marriages are pictures of the relationship. This is Ephesians 5 business, a picture of the relationship between Jesus and the church. Once the church, the bride of Christ, is assembled to the bridegroom and we are with him, then we have no need for the lesser picture. Now, that, I hope, makes your heart go, but I love my spouse. how, How can this be that I'm suddenly not married? I think that your special relationship will continue. It's impossible that it couldn't. Now, will it be under the the institution of marriage? It doesn't seem like that because the 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 type is fulfilled in the reality of Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean that you aren't going to have memories. That your kids are going to stop being your kids. You'd go, well, of course they're not going to stop being my kids if if the Lord saved them. Exactly. And I think your spouse is still your spouse. It's just that the institution isn't needed anymore. So don't fret. If you're concerned that you're not going to be with somebody that you love that much, you're going to be with somebody that you love even more. And furthermore, the relationship that you have with your spouse now, that intimate relationship will be that way with everyone in heaven, not with the, the sexual component But you're going to be brothers and sisters in perfect unity and harmony. In other words, you're going to be married to everybody there in Christ. So don't fret. Whatever marriage is in heaven, it's going to be, like everything else, better. Please send whatever you want to idea at wretched.org. All right. This comes from Adrian,
1: who says, Todd, a former pastor turned thought leader, uh, recently asked this question. Is it possible for the Sunday sermon to shift away
2: from a monologue format? No, that was the emergent trend. Do you remember the dialogue style? The, the Doug Pagets would sit on a stool or in a couch and people would be surrounding them with their organic coffee. And he would talk a little bit and then they were allowed to just chime in wherever. It is interesting. They were trying to break the monologue model that has been right and used now for 2,000 years, they just wanted it to be hip and cool and not as authoritative. That is exactly the point. Preaching is authoritative. It is a declaration. It isn't just a, hey, let's chat. It's listen up. And so we preach, we proclaim the word of God. We teach the word. We preach the word in and out of season. And that happens from somebody who has studied the word, prepared some coherent thoughts, hopefully with the same theme as the rest of the service. See what I did there? And they deliver it. Now, you can ask questions afterward if you want to, but so things can be done decently and in order. We don't have people piping up all over the place. How did it work out for the emergence? Go ahead, Google an emergent church. You ain't gonna find one. Unfortunately, like feathers in a pillow, they've scattered to the winds and landed all over the place. But you won't find an emergent church because their groovy new model just didn't work. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This is from
1: Kimberly. Todd, um, when we sin, does God remove his Holy Spirit from
2: us? Ah, Psalm 51, me thinks, is being alluded to right there. What was the Holy Spirit's role in the Old Testament? Well... 2 Peter 1, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So he was inspiring the Bible. What else was he doing? He was continuing, always convicting people of sin, righteousness, judgment. He was regenerating people. He was anointing certain people like priests and, oh, here it is, kings. So David, when he was delivering his penitentiary penitentiary psalm, he was saying, don't, don't take away my kingly anointing. He wasn't saying, don't remove the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that did not happen until Pentecost. We see a foreshadowing of it when Jesus blew on the disciples. But the unique indwelling of the Holy Spirit is a New Testament born-again experience, and God never removes that. He doesn't set up residence and go, I've had it. I'm going to greener pastures. I'm out of here. He commits to you. So if you have the Holy Spirit in you, he is not going anywhere idea at wretched.org all right this is a very important question
1: from uh, ethan todd uh, scholars struggle with this one how does one in a biblical christ-like manner get rid of the disgusting
2: house cat that's easy two words (laughs) humane society that's easy (laughs) you know as much as I don't find pleasure in cats, that would be the understatement of the century. Seems to me this is now this is this is just my little world. I, I know this is silly. I know I get I love dogs. I just love dogs. We've had two family dogs. One was great. The other one, not so much, but we still loved him like crazy. And I remember with Fred, Fred was such a great dog. OK, maybe I wasn't saved at the time. But I told the dog, I'm pretty certain he could understand every word I was uttering. I'm committing to you. You don't need to worry. I'm going to see this through to the end with you. I did that with Charlie too. Okay, a little weird. I grant you, but tell me you don't slobber all over your pets. <laughs> I was on the phone. I got a phone call, I think, from my son-in-law. And I am I pick up and this is what I hear. Well, who's the big boy? Who's my big, 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 big boy? <laughs> <laughs> it was the dog speak. I told my dogs, don't worry. I got you. Now, you don't need to make that promise. But I think when you bring a pet into your home, you are. I can understand circumstances. I get it. Allergies, the whatever, the kid, the biting. I, I get all of that. But I think a Christian, if you get an animal, bring it underneath your care Can you pass the baton to somebody who cares for the dog as much as you do or the cat? Certainly. But I think as a rule, we commit to them because, let's be honest, dogs commit to us. Notice I didn't say they. Because cats don't commit. This is Wretched Radio.
1: This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks we start with news that is likely to not make Todd very happy. Minnesota may be the next state to legalize marijuana. Minnesota's Democratic Farmer Labor Party flipped the state Senate on Tuesday, securing a trifecta for the first time in nearly a decade. Both chambers of the state legislature and the governorship And Minnesota Governor Tim Walz reportedly told former Governor Jesse Ventura in a phone call that the legalization of marijuana would be one of the first bills passed through this trifecta. Isn't that encouraging? Well, something that actually is encouraging, a federal judge in Texas has struck down President Biden's $430 billion student loan forgiveness program, calling it unconstitutional. Yes, yes, it is. District Judge Mark Pittman, in a 26-page ruling, wrote that the HEROES Act, a law that provides loan assistance to military personnel and that was relied upon by the Biden administration to enact the relief plan, did not authorize the $400 billion student loan forgiveness program, saying, quote, the program is thus an unconstitutional exercise of Congress's legislative power and must be vacated experts expect the case will make its way eventually to the supreme court and because the president is not allowed to simply bypass congress and hand out 430 billion dollars to whomever he wants it will likely be struck down as soon as it arrives in a wednesday email to remaining twitter employees elon musk emphasized that the economic picture ahead is dire especially for a company that is so dependent upon advertising. He said, quote, 70% of our advertising is brand rather than specific performance. He continues saying that is why the priority has been to develop and launch Twitter Blue verified subscriptions. Without significant subscription revenue, there is a good chance Twitter will not survive the upcoming economic downturn. Imagine spending nearly $50 billion to buy a company that you have to shut down. There's got to be more to this story than we know. One of the greatest soccer players in Greek history has been sentenced to 10 months in prison for social media post where he criticized a new gender identity law. The retired soccer player was sentenced by a court in Athens to 10 months in prison in order to pay a fine of 5,000 euros for comments he made in 2017 on Facebook about the new law. He wrote, quote, first sex changes are carried out on the children of those who ratify this abomination. And a few hours later, he wrote, God created Adam and Eve. And it didn't take too long for him to be arrested under a law that makes it illegal to incite violence or hatred on the basis of gender identity. It was the first such conviction under that law in Greece. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm GDX. <laughs>
0: books of the Bible. The book of Isaiah is a collection of prophecies given to Isaiah. It can be divided in two parts. Isaiah delivered bad news to Israel and the surrounding nations concerning God's judgment, and he delivered good news of salvation for those who repent. Isaiah also offers detailed prophecies concerning the coming Messiah, who offers eternal salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: Hey! Pick up the phone and call.
1: This is Wretched
2: Radio. We are a wee bit out of balance, and I am asking you to be our phone call chiropractor. Would you please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks through the phone, the voicemail system? Because we're getting oodles of church signs. Tragically, we're getting oodles of <laughs> because most of them are just eye-crossingly bad. But you're getting a little lax with questions, comments, conundrum, snarks. So what I'm trying to say in Christian love is get on it. 1-877-282- <laughs> Hey, Todd, uh, just wondering your opinion and thoughts with what's uh, going on over in Israel right now with the new prophet that's arising and uh, the excitement behind him. Huh. Jimmy, you heard about this? There's a new prophet in Israel? Yeah, I have not. Yeah, I didn't think that office existed anymore. It (laughs) must be one of those individuals who is saying, now, frequently, isn't it staggering that these people (laughs) proclaim that they are Jesus Christ? It's very bizarre. There was one in Russia. There was, what uh, What was, um, Jose de Sus Maranda. He was Jesus at one point. Then he became the Antichrist. Then he became the Apostle Peter. And you would think, who follows these people? The answer is somebody does. So I don't know who's following the new prophet in Israel, but the office of prophet, it has been fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. The, the tr- uh, tri try. Munich. uh, It's it's the threefold office. uh, Try municipality. Try Munichs. My Latin's a little fuzzy. Prophet, priest, king. He's those were all pictures pointing to the ideal prophet, priest, and king. So I don't know who the prophet of Israel is except Jesus Himself. (laughs) Hey, Todd, got a little bit of a snark for you. I Good. Think. I know the other day you were a little covetous of the Tom Cruise, no shirt on the beach scene. <laughs> uh,
1: not saying recovering, just saying
2: you're covering. You must also be a professor in CRT <laughs> to be able to read my mind like that. <laughs> was, sorry. He's sixty, and I don't. I don't think that a man should be flaunting his physique if he's twenty. Blah, but definitely not when you're sixty. Well, at least he's not Liam Neeson. <laughs> I didn't groove. <laughs> what? I wonder if Tom Cruise is Scandinavian. At any rate, one eight seven seven two eight two.
1: Hi, Mr. 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 Wow. Well done.
2: Typically, I'm calling in a church sign or maybe even a conundrum, but today I've got a snark. You spoke on a gentleman asking what books you might recommend last week, and I specifically remember you telling him and the audience that if it's a book that doesn't strike our fancy, we can just stop reading it. Well, you know what? A seminarian don't have that
1: luxury. If a book is boring, it's boring. It's boring. boring.
2: Somebody needs help. That's all I got. Thank you so much. By the way, how was my impression of you? I give it a 4 out of 10. (laughs) Wait a second. That was a sneaky snark right there. Sorry if you're a seminarian and you've got to do the task of completing a book that's a snooze. I'm not suggesting pretty much anything by Millard Fillmore. No, wait a second. He was the president. <laughs> Millard Erickson is boring, but whew, there's just some stuff. And one of the discouragers, I think, for many of us in when it comes to being dedicated to reading is that we feel like we got to slog through it. Give a book a chance. Give it a few chapters at any rate. And if it just isn't floating your boat, it doesn't keep your attention, you find yourself drooling on your chest more than focusing on the words on the page, just ditch it or skim through it. Nothing wrong with There's. This is my observation. So this, this is just maybe a heads up. If anybody's considering writing a book, myself included, I have a fair amount of books on my shelf that if you if you go look, you're going to see a lot of dog ears and red or blue markings of stuff that I wanted to highlight in the first couple of chapters. And then you're going to find a lot of that about 15 chapters later in the last chapter or two. It's been my experience that the bookends tend to be the best. And sometimes, not all the times, because a lot of books are good from cover to cover, but sometimes in the middle, it can be just, okay, I get get the point. You're dragging me through the weeds here. Don't feel obligated to continue with that. Because it's just going to burn you out on reading. I think this is sort of like what we're doing to kids in kindergarten. Do you recall that study we read? I believe maybe it was this week, last week. Soink, Scoob. That kindergartners are being forced to read and write. And what they're seeing is boys in particular are starting to hate kindergarten. They're little squirmers. And we want them to just sit and be stable and to focus and learn how to read and write. And they don't dig it, and that sentiment lingers. Don't let a book do that to you. You will always be better off from reading a book, even a crummy one, quite honestly, which actually raises another question. Should a Christian read a crummy theological book? And I think the answer is a definitive, it depends. It depends on how mature you are. It depends on the purpose in reading this, because if you're thinking, well, I could be swayed by a heretic's work, then don't just burn it. Don't give it to the Salvation Army or Goodwill. Burn it because it's a bad book. But if you're a seminary student who likes to do impersonations of talk show hosts and you have to read it, it's okay. Just be careful that you're monitoring yourself. That if this book is starting to persuade you of bad things, it's just best to put the thing down Go find help. Get your thinking rightly aligned. And avoid those types of books if you can't handle them. 1-877-282. Brother Todd, and Lemmy tried to help you with your marriage on the planet, but it ain't Hellman. It
1: ain't Blue Plate. It certainly ain't Miracle Whip. It's
2: Duke. Man, you in the South. You and I couldn't be married, sir, <laughs> on this issue alone. <laughs> Duke's mayonnaise, we've tried it because here's here's the tip for you. If the mayonnaise is on the bottom shelf and it's a BOGO at Publix, that's because nobody's buying it, okay? Mm. Everybody uses mayonnaise. Duke's sits on the bottom shelf. It's a twofer because that ain't... You can call it mayonnaise if you'd like to. You, you can... It's sort of like calling a Yugo a car. You can do that, but really, is it? Mm, mm, and what was it? A blue, blue plate is the other one. Blue plate and Hellman's. Yeah. Um, blue plate, not a fan. Hellman's. I think there's two contenders. <laughs> what has this program become? <laughs> the two contenders are Hellman's mayonnaise and the Miracle Whip. So, sir. uh uh-uh. Uh-uh. No Miracle Whip. Okay, so Jimmy, that's 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 not. You know what this means, don't you? Uh, (laughs) You and I can't be married (laughs) either. I was just wondering about what your definition of unconditional love is. Well, it's unconditional. (laughs) (laughs) But here is the question: where I think this is going is God's love conditional? Got to be super careful with this because there is a component of grace that says you don't do anything to contribute. But is there a condition? And the answer to that is yes, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you might say that means that the saved person is participating in their salvation. No, we're not. Because faith is a gift from God. So is repentance. It is not a work. It is a gift. And that is the condition that God gives. If you would like to have forgiveness of sins, adoption in my family, if you'd like to have everlasting life, if you would like to have a peace that surpasses all understanding, here's here's the condition. Believe on my son. So there is a condition Anytime that I hear this being used, I have a tendency to try to avoid it because you don't want to water down the currency of grace, but you don't want to water down the currency of the necessity of repentance and faith. So it's just one of those debates that I I just tend to stay away from. But you do see those bumper stickers, don't you? You see those. It's unconditional love. And I've noticed a trend lately moralistic t-shirts and they're coming sometimes from churches. I just saw a t-shirt and it said I think the thing was like like uh, do um, like do or be something like that like uh, be loving be kind be good be giving and it was a church, something like that and I went law, 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 law. That that that's just a law message. Now, it's not necessarily wrong because we should be doing those things. But it was a reminder to me at how often even inside of the church, we blur the law gospel distinction. Remembering any time you tell somebody to do something, even like be kind, you're giving a law that ain't grace. That doesn't have anything to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is what leads us to Jesus Christ. But the law is merely a schoolmaster. We get brought to Jesus Christ where those laws no longer have authority over us. So here's the moral to this story. I I think we can get the moral to this story. You don't have to read bad books if you don't want to. Hellman's and Miracle Whip are your best choices. No no Miracle Whip. There's a condition to God's love. Thankfully, that condition is a gift. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this... Groovy. Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A pre-born center in Buffalo was firebombed. A pre-born clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A pre-born clinic in Miami vandalized. And they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today offering three loving Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life, preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to Ratchet Radio today. Here's a fun fact. Gino you know Todd also hosts a daily TV program? Yep, that's right. Ratchet TV is a daily 30-minute program containing live witnessing encounters, conversations about tough theological issues, and like a jillion other things. And you can find Ratchet TV pretty much everywhere. It's airing on over 135 Christian TV networks. You'll also find the show on streaming services like Roku, American Gospel TV, Answers in Genesis TV, Amazon Fire TV, and as always, very trustworthy and reliable wretched.org. This of course is only possible because of our gospel partners. It's through their kindness and generosity and commitment to the gospel that we're able to reach millions of people all over the world every year. And so can I ask you to please pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints and strengthen the local church. You can find out more about becoming a wretched gospel partner at wretched.org slash donate. So,
2: there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for ratings and reviews? If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good. You're going to go there question. Would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, affordable biblical health sharing has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. one bible for MediShare. Hermeneutics
0: A vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in scripture is narrative. Narratives tell us of real events with real people in real places at a real time. Not everything we read in narratives is condoned by God, but everything we read is part of God working out His plan for the world. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: Well, haven't you been busy? Making church signs.
1: You love our signs. You know you love, you love our signs. You
0: know you love, you love our
1: signs. You know you love Straight it. from the big guy. We know just what he'd say. I go, maybe come down there. So then we put it on the freeway. Yep. This is
2: Wretched Radio. One eight seven seven two eight two beep. If you want to annoy me, I'm sorry. If you'd like to leave a church sign, good, bad, or otherwise, they tend to be the former rather than the second ladders. Nevertheless, call. It's a quick phone call and it's free. That means it's a good deal, which means every Christian should take advantage of it. One eight seven seven two eight two. Church sign. <laughs> God answers me, male. Because <laughs> it rhymes with E, knee, knee, male. Yeah, yeah, I get the message. It's not wrong. Why do people have a low view of God? Church signs, that's why. Church sign, love the unlovable. Love the unlovable. Okay. All right, but it's a law. That's a commandment. You're putting a burden on somebody, and that ain't necessarily bad, but we should be aware there are basically two messages. It'll either be law or gospel. That one's law. So ask yourself the question, why am I telling the world about this law? Or am I just aiming this at my congregants? Seems to me, I don't know the... Jimmy, if we were going to have some sort of church sign congress where we got together to determine the rules to this clam bake, I'm thinking, just maybe, if your church sign is aimed at your parishioners, you shouldn't put it up. I agree with that. Do do that on the inside. But if you're these are mostly pagans that drive by. I don't know that I'd make that a law, but I probably would.
1: <laughs> church sign, normal isn't coming back.
2: Jesus, Jesus is. is. Yep. Ah. we've heard that one before yes and you know what sound i think i made then church signs worship with us
1: sunday you'll be out by kickoff good
2: oh god it better because you got to get to the important thing the important thing is church okay perhaps, most likely, haven't been able to persuade you that we should dress in keeping with what we're doing. You do it all the time. You go to work in the garden. You don't put on your tuxedo, but you go to a wedding and you do. Why? Because, well, it's a special thing. Church is a special thing. And if you're not persuaded that we should reflect that in the attire that we wear, then how's about this? What would happen if we all asked the question, what are we doing here? What is this gathering of the saints? And maybe, just maybe, the answer of that question leads us to a higher worship, a higher view of God, and in a, in a more of an excitement to get there on Sunday morning. Do you know what you're getting to participate in? You are getting to participate in the greatest manifestation of God on earth. You say, Whoa, what is this, little God's doctrine? No, but it is a reminder that we are Christ ones. And so when we're gathered together, there should be an aspect that is, Whoa, that's an intense presence of Jesus Christ. I'm just because we're his representatives gathered together. That's what you're doing, you are participating. In the most important hour of the week, you are participating in a sacred ceremony when we are there to hear from heaven and echo his praises back to him. That's what we're doing. And if we simply took that view, if nothing else, we wouldn't have such lame church signs. Church sign. We speak Jesus? Question mark. We speak Jesus. Yeah. We speak Jesus. See, this is why grammar is so important. (laughs) Was there a comma involved in this? Because if that's overlooked, you got yourself a cult.
1: Halloween, church signs. Do you want a treat from Jesus or a trick from Satan?
2: Hmm. Can I go off the board and say neither? (laughs) 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 Do I want a treat from... A treat from Jesus or a trick from Satan? He is a tricky one.
1: Church sign, choose the bread of life or you are toast.
2: I don't see. Here All right, Congress is reassembled. Get back in, everybody. I, I know the treats are good and the book table is fascinating, but we got to get some church sign rules established here. Uh, if, if your church sign diminishes or makes light of a proper name of God, no, can't do it. You're going to get a church sign, fine. We hear these often. We take something like the bread of life. Believe it or you're going to be toast. What does that do? The bread of life. Do you know what it took for God to have that name for Jesus Christ? You're going, what 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 did it take? It took an exodus. It took manna in the wilderness because that's what it pointed to. The manna wasn't just historical data that God thought we'd find interesting 4,000 years later. No. Okay, actually, it would be more like 3,400 years later. The point is we see manna in the wilderness because God provides life-sustaining elements for our physical well-being. Jesus is the bread of life who satisfies us spiritually. Whoa, suddenly that title, it's like, wow. God did a lot to make that powerful, impactful, and believable as Jesus is the fulfillment of all of those types and shadows, including the manna in the wilderness. God's names are special. His titles, his descriptors We're talking about the highest being in the universe here. To bring it down so that we can have a funny change is against congressional rules. Church, the road to contentment is paved with gratitude.
1: Say, Jimmy, what was that one? The road to contentment is paved with gratitude. And by the
2: way, it's when you call, it's not that you slur. The phone, I don't know what the deal is why these are kind of muddy. I don't either, and and it's not all of them. Just some, so maybe it is you. (laughs) All right, what was the road to contentment, what? Is paved with gratitude. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I agree with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're making church signs. We are co-workers in God's service.
2: God, you're going to have to explain that one to me. We are co-workers in God's service. Yeah. I th- I think that's accurate. Am I missing something with that, Jimmy? No. That's a that's a first First Corinthians nine. We're co-laborers. Yeah. Paul yeah. fe- Paul talked about the church, fellow laborers. Philippians one talks about that without using the word fellow laborers, but he uses basically the term that we have adopted here, and that is a gospel partner. You're participating in this work. Even if you're if you are playing the role of holding the rope for somebody going down in the well, you're participating in that ministry activity. It's it's okay, don't tell anybody, but at our next Monday meeting, I I I just I kind of I didn't get a vision like so many pastors do. Here's the vision God gave me. So our church is now gonna be a whoop-de-doo factory. No. But I, I, I keep thinking about this this little ministry because, well, that's what I'm charged to think about. And I keep coming up with a very short phrase. Everything is important. Everything matters in ministry. The roles that we play here, I know how it looks. You hear me and Jimmy So well, that's the important stuff. No, it's not. It is important, but it's not the only important stuff. Because if we don't have the individual who takes the production that Jesus does and posts it up in different places, it doesn't go out. So that rule is important. Let's just there's a thousand things. Down the hall, we've got a, a pretty substantial production crew. If they don't do a good job QCing something, they just, you know, eh, blah, blah. oh, it has devastating consequences because it looks really bad, not just for this ministry, but for the kingdom and for Jesus Christ. So everything that we do in service to Jesus is important. Be encouraged. If your role at church isn't the high-profile thing, remember the body analogy. We need kidneys. We we need glands. We need fingers and toes. We need them trimmed. If you're going to wear open-toed shoes, please trim the toenails. But you're needed. Everything that's a part of a ministry is important. So are we co-workers, co-laborers? Yes, we are. And the work that you're doing is important. But it does raise a question. Are you a co-worker? Perhaps, for whatever reason, most likely health. You've been sidelined. Perhaps you were mistreated. You've been sidelined. I get that. I don't want to diminish that or make light of that, but I would encourage you to start working on getting back on the field and realize, just because you're not the quarterback or the wide receiver who gets to go into the end zone, if you don't have blockers, the quarterback gets tackled, there's no touchdown. In other words... Every labor in God's kingdom is important. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.